0: Hello there and welcome in to the Career Competitor Podcast, the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. My name is Steve Meller. I am an executive coach and culture consultant for my company, Career Competitor, and I'm also a brand new author to my book, Shock the World, a competitor's guide to realizing your potential, which you can grab a copy for yourself on Amazon right now or you can go direct to my website careercompetitor.com, where you're also welcome to grab a copy that way and if you were to do it that way i would be happy to sign it for you as well because I'll be the one shipping it to you how about that now listen if you're someone who is considering some big moves some big changes or just some personal growth and development that you need to do within your life and also within your career for that matter feel free to reach out to me steve at careercompetitor.com my work today is spanning that of working with individuals that are just competitive working through their careers but i'm also working with entire executive teams as well so whatever it may be whatever your situation may call for feel free to reach out to me again that email is steve at careercompetitor.com but you're obviously here to listen to a podcast so whatever platform that you're listening to me on take the time to subscribe or follow the show leave some sort of a rating if you're listening to us on Apple podcast I would really appreciate it if you would just click that fifth star before you're done here and don't be shy let people know how much you're enjoying the content feel free to share the show with your friends and let's bring more people into this space so they can continue to work on themselves and also optimize their careers in the process but for now let's get to the show okay welcome into the career competitor podcast and my guest today is a baltimore native who has built a life for himself in philadelphia as an attorney over the past 20 plus years where today he works as senior counsel with burger montague while a career in law would more than suffice for most when it comes to being challenged and keeping busy his legal career is simply one side of this man's coin as on the other side you will see an author Who has written highly acclaimed novels including thank you good night and darling at the campsite in addition to this already busy and diverse professional career our career competitor today is a devoted husband and proud dad to two girls i'm delighted to be welcoming to the show a lawyer and novelist mr andy abramovitz andy how are we doing
1: awesome awesome steve thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure It's a thrill, um, you know. Ever since Mike Cohen introduced us, yeah, um, you know, he's been. We've been. We've been chatting about you, and I know that that you know he he had the pleasure of uh, of appearing here. So it's it's a it's a thrill. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, man. I'm I'm so glad that um that Mike was able to connect us, and I said it on on uh, my episode with him, and I'll say it here again. It's it's funny how good people introduce other good people to one another. It's absolutely uh, it's a wonderful part of of, of world and life, and. I'll be honest with you, when it comes to guests that I've had on the show, there's not too many that have had as diverse, uh, say, polar opposites of two worlds, at least at the surface. And I think that's what I'm really curious about here today, man, is to see where we can connect, where we can find maybe a little bit of overlap in these two worlds. Because I think anybody listening to that introduction will be like, wait, an attorney and a novelist? How does this work? But um, the old,
1: but Steve, man, like the old joke is that every lawyer has an unpublished novel in his drawer. So, like, I'm I'm just one of, you know, like if I walk down the hall at my office, um, there's probably probably like a million me's all over the place. You just don't know it.
0: (laughs) Well, I love that, and I think you know I have a few a few buddies of mine that um have had a career in law as well, and and so much of what they talk about when they're telling me insight, with obviously not you know disclosing too much true Intel while they tell me these stories, but they they are stories, they they are telling me stories. And so much of what you obviously do as a novelist is from start to finish is is one enormous story. But so much I have to assume within your work today, in the world of law, storytelling must be a pretty affluent part of it.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's actually, you know, I, I never really thought about that, to be honest, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. But, um, yeah, when you're representing a client, obviously you're telling your client's story, and you're you're telling it. If I mean, it, the skill you're right. The skills overlap, right? Like you, when you're telling a story, um, when you're writing fiction, there are fewer rules than when you are writing a legal brief and trying to represent your client's interests. But you are still always trying to convince somebody that your story is believable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) whether you're doing it through a novel or you're doing it uh in law and you are um yeah and you are using whatever creative tools you have to to you know to pass that message along and to convince somebody that what you're saying is is real and is true Mm -hmm. um that said i think uh you know it's, it's 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 a lot more fun to inhabit the world of fiction than it than it is to inhabit the world of law, and I don't think I, I don't think I'd besmirch any of my colleagues in law when I say that. I think they would all agree with
0: me. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And I'm I'm really curious. Just as someone who, you know, my story. I I grew up playing sport, coaching sport for a long time before starting my company today. And while I was doing that, there was always this creative part of me, creative part of my personality. Yeah. it just kind of rode under um you know rode under the surface but it would come out from time to time and i'm curious just in in your world of you know going through the incredibly intense path that is getting your education and and, and doing everything that you have to do to build a law practice in the first place to then establishing yourself competitively within your career how did you well firstly when did you maybe notice that the the creative element within you was a sort of like knocking away at the door to say hey can i come out and then how did you start to satisfy it i guess as you started to build your career
1: yeah you know i like the way you put that sort of knocking at the door um i think a lot of people who have a creative side would describe it that way and it's mm. it's just a question of whether you're gonna whether you're gonna open the door <laughs> and <laughs> let it in or let yourself out <laughs> <laughs> i i discovered my creative side pretty early on um but it was in it was always in the in the realm of music i think I think I heard In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, although it could have been Come Sail Away by sticks, and thought, this is what I'm destined to do. This is what the world has in mind for me, and mm. there was just no two ways about it. Um, and I thought that for an embarrassingly long period of time, frankly, as I think everybody that I went to high school would, would tell you. Um, yeah, I was always at the high school party. I was always the drip with the mullet who would sit at the piano and like play against all odds or something, something horrible <laughs> like that. But um but I played it safe. I didn't drop out of college or anything, and deep down I must have known I wasn't Phil Collins because I went to law school, got a job, and I'm glad I did because um that's where I met my wife and, you know, I sort of was able to stay on on my path. But um I think the really the you know after a while it became clear i was i was not going to make a living in a band nor should i have because i didn't have the talent for it um but you know i guess the way i started writing is um you know i'd always went before we adopted my older daughter um i was i had this fear that I wasn't going to be able, you know, like kids are so consuming in terms of time and energy and just everything. And I had this fear that I wasn't going to be able to do something that had always sort of defined me, which was, you know, I always wrote songs and I always, you know, played in bands. Um, and worse, I was going to deprive the world of my talent. So, you know, like, which was just a, a horror for everybody. <laughs> so when we adopted our older daughter, I was all set to resent her. Um, because I knew I wouldn't have the time to do all the things that I'd love to do, but i but I didn't, and maybe this is you know something that you found out when you became a father mm. um you know, I wanted to be home hanging out with my daughter, I wanted to be home hanging out with my wife, but there was still this creative streak, and I thought that's when i that's really when I first thought that I would maybe I'll take a shot at writing a novel mm. and it wasn't that I thought that I had talent or some important story that demanded to be told it was it was more selfish i thought thought I would enjoy it. Mm. Um, and I'd been, I'd been shown what the process of writing a novel looks like years earlier as an undergrad. I took a writing fiction workshop with, um, uh, an amazing novelist. Uh, his name is David Small. Um, he instantly became one of my favorite writers and he still is. And, um, and I, I took, I took this workshop back then and, um, and I loved it, but I never really thought that I would, Write a novel until I needed a creative outlet. I needed something. I knew that I wasn't going to go out and you know play guitar at, at bars at you know at midnight when I had a a, a baby at home. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really kind of what set me on the path. The, the workshop. I knew that I would never write like my professor, like like David Small writes, but mm-hmm. his workshop sort of demystified that process of writing for me. So I I at least had some idea what it would take to um, to start a novel, to work through it, and to get to the end of it.
0: Yeah, I love the I, it's something I always noticed when I was coaching athletes was that there's a way that you can bring a talent of theirs to the surface if you stay true to how they learn. You know, and I, I think there's something in your story that really, really resonates with me in terms of that mindset of here you are as someone that went through a you know, rigorous process of education in terms of getting uh, qualified as a lawyer and building your, you know, building your profession that way. But in so many ways, you respected a very similar process in order to almost convince yourself that going into a world such as writing was not only something you that you could do, but something you could be successful at. There was an educational component. Whereas I think a lot of people may say. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start writing. And they would just grab the, pe- the pen and pad and just start going or, or get on the computer and start doing it. And I hear this sort of almost process that you went through to truly convince yourself that by you know attending David Small's classes and, and really sort of investing yourself in processes that are required to create a great result, it was in that process that you came to the realization that, hey, this this speaks to me. This
1: could really be something, you know? Right that and I think like I think that's important and you you, you know you've been through this in the in sort of like the sports context, and it's it's funny you say it that way because um I, I think like, yes, there are people that have talent and that could decide wake up one morning and say, I'm gonna be an author and they're gonna then they sit down, they start writing, and you know that bastard at the end of the week is gonna have like a great outline for a book, right. and then a year later, They're on, you know, they're published year after that, they're, you know, they're climbing the bestseller list. And uh, and I hate those people. (laughs) Most most of us, um, you know, most of us have to treat it like a job. And I remember having a, it's, you know, I remember having a conversation with my friends about, um, you know, if we only worked a little bit harder, Mm -hmm. we could be Cal Ripken. If we only worked a little bit harder, we could be, you know, Eddie Murray we could be a slugger we could be we could just at least make it to the majors we could at least make it to just a little bit of work separates Mm -hmm. the professional athletes from us and that's just absolutely not true right like you have to have (laughs) enormous wells of talent but you also have to to put in the work um so yes i had to under when i made the decision to to write a novel um i had to know that there i had to know that that there was a roadmap that i could follow and I, I had to know that there was a way to do it and and um again like i knew that i was never going to write like my professor writes but it it demystified the process i knew that i would have to treat it like a job i knew that there um you know that there would be um days weeks months where it's it's winning and you're not and you and you feel like giving up Mm. and that it's you know that you have to treat it like a job and treat it like something that some days are going to be a slog and then and then some days you know like i'm sure you've heard of the runner's high oh yeah there's there's a writer's high there's you know when when you write something that feels just perfect and um and it doesn't always last but when when you you feel like you've written something that's really worth reading. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it feels great. And that's enough to get you back the next day.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really, it's actually fantastic to listen to you speak this way about an element of creativity, because I think so much of what I've done with the show over the years, we've talked about how people have established prominence in certain fields. And if you were to go and search how to become successful in those fields, you would see a blueprint that very much has a lot of similarity between what this individual may have come on and, and told me on the show except they would have had their little nuances their little experiences along the way that allowed them to get to where they got to right. whereas this creative space the blueprint it, it really has to be what it needs to be for you you know there's no point there's no point you googling how do i become a novelist <laughs> you know because it, it's just not going to give you an answer that you can one hundred percent be sure this is. Yeah, there answered. are many
1: ways to get there. It's idiosyncratic. Exactly.
0: exactly. And, and and so so much of what you're saying here is that you needed to know that there was a roadmap, and and that's about it. You need to know that there was a roadmap, and and it could be influenced and molded the way that you needed to mold it in order to get to where it is you've now gotten to, which I think is a is a really vital lesson in a, in it. A, for, for, for a lot of people in a lot of different spaces, because I'm sure people listening to this right now are thinking, I have an itch to do A, B, C, whatever it might be. How do I get started? And here you are saying that you just needed to see a version of a roadmap that spoke to you, if that sounds right.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's absolutely right. And, um, and when you start, and it's not like I had this idea for a novel, and and publishers swarmed me and said that's a great idea here's you know here's a wheelbarrow of money for you <laughs> to go and write this novel you write and no- i think everybody writes their first novel maybe their first five novels um not knowing whether they're ever going to be published and maybe if you're on five maybe you maybe you know that they're not going to be published <laughs> but um but my first book when i was writing thank you goodnight i had no idea i had every expectation that no one would ever read it Mm. Um but I but but I did it to prove to myself that I could finish it. And that was sort of like when I when you when you finish writing one book um and you finish then you know what it takes to finish a novel. And um and that's not that's not a given. Like, you know, when you write a book um there's a sense of accomplishment just for putting aside whether it's any good, <laughs> whether anybody <laughs> would want to read it. There's a sense of accomplishment for starting a book, working through it, and getting to the end. You know, there's an exhilaration in being on page four of a book, page 10. There's an exhilaration when you're near the end, page like 300. But waking up and knowing you're on page like 102, (laughs) when you've you've come all this way, now here you are like in, you know, you're in like the middle of the ocean on a raft and you don't see land in any direction. Um, That's tough. Mm. So getting, that's... That's when you. That's when you need something other than inspiration to fall back on. You need something, um, and and it's it's not necessarily skill. It's knowing that I'm going to plow forward and I'm going to get to land, and uh, and that's what writing that first book taught me. That you know that you can, if you put in the work, you'll get there.
0: Yeah, but that that and I love the analogy because to me it it's something that I actually preach in my own work is, is how do you get to a point of almost no return where you say you're, you're putting yourself far enough out there where it's like the commitment has been so significant up to this point. And even though to your, to, to, to your example, land may, st- may still seem so far away. Right. At least I've gone far enough where it's like, well, turning back isn't necessarily an option. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's worse. That's, that's worse, worse because because then you have all that self-loathing from having, from having quit.
0: <laughs> exactly. But I think that's <laughs> yeah. so important. I think that's so important to hear this because, again, I, I think this also speaks to something as truly brutal as getting qualified, certified, and, and established as a lawyer because it, it, it is a similar profession. I've heard for every one or two friends that I have that are currently practicing law, I've heard two or three examples of people that have gone so far in that profession and decided not to see it through. And, yeah. and they, maybe it was because it just didn't speak to them in the end, but also maybe because the the sheer rigor of getting established and getting yourself into that career alone is pretty damn difficult. It it, it
1: challenges you throughout the process, right? Yeah, it does. And yet there are so many lawyers. We would get too many of them in this country. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a good point, right? Like, there's um, law school is boring. It's tedious. It's hard, um, not for everybody, but certainly for me um, and for a lot of people. It's and you know, especially if you if you go to law school right after or soon after you've gone to college, and college is is you know primarily about having fun, and law school is primarily about you know the complete erasing of fun from your life. (laughs) Um so it's it's kind of a stark contrast and you don't always feel and you you know you don't always feel motivated to um to finish it. But but yes, you're right. Like it's it it entails a lot of work and it it's not something that you do half-heartedly. You you know you go through it. So there's a so you do realize at the end of law school and then you take the bar exam, you do realize that you do have some some drive, if and you might call it a competitive force, um maybe it's just you know staying the course, but there is something that kind of <clears throat> motivates you to finish it, motivates you to 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 slog through and and then you realize that about yourself, you realize that you know i I finished law school, I've become a lawyer, and even if that's nothing really special because there are like you know five million lawyers that I can see from. You know, if I just step outside my door, right. um, at least you know that you can that uh, that you can accomplish something, and then and then you get high on that and start writing books, and so <laughs> it, it, it just kind of you know leaps off from there. Or people that I know that are like, look, I can I <clears throat> I can I can pass the bar. Obviously, I can run a marathon, mm. so they start training. It's all these people that you know, like they maybe it's sheer boredom. I don't know. My wife and I have this pact we're never going to run a marathon. We're never going to do that to each other. We're never going to be like, let's train for a marathon. Um, five K's are great. That's it. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, there are all these people that, that think, okay, you know, I've, I've learned something about myself. So now I'm going to do something else. And I think that's, I think that's great. I'm making fun Mm -hmm. of it, but I think it's great.
0: No, I get that 100%. And I I love that you also brought up the word competitive within there too because i felt the conversation go in that direction anyway and it's something i eventually get to with with every episode obviously with the name of the show um you know for me it's always interesting because i think it comes through in so many different ways and and so much of what you're talking about here is is a competitive process in in terms of getting from the start to a finish of a whether you call it a writing project whether you call it an education whatever it might be it, it it's very process oriented in terms of what we've been talking about so far, but I'm curious, Andy, like for you, the competitor that you believe, or maybe you at least resonate with, I'm curious, how do you define you, the competitor? Does it come back to the process and the way you immerse in it, or is there other elements to it as well?
1: Um, you know, I think that my competitive side is somewhat quiet and low key. and um and, I, and just sort of like, I've always sort of defined myself as somebody who, or I've always thought of myself as somebody who's defined success by the people around me. Mm. And um, and I'm very fortunate in that regard. But I did, there were sort of like, I don't know, there were, I, I did feel some some, a sense of competition and competitiveness bubbling up. As I as I as I started to write novels mm. um, and so like when I when I sat down to write a second one, I wrote. So my my first novel, Thank You, Good Night, that was done. And, um, you know, and I had I had no idea whether it was going to be published or not. But then before I even before I even sold, Thank You, Goodnight, I started working on another one, which I thought was a good sign. It, I it, I took it as a sign that this was this was doing something for me so um so i did when i when i and the book that became beginner's guide to Freefall. i did um there was a there was a a sense of competitiveness in me where i thought i wanted to kind of like do something different so i i wanted to challenge myself a little bit and see if there was something that i see if i could do something other than what i'd already done raise my game Mm. and um you know so i so i did like beginner's guide to Freefall was me getting cute right like i shifted from first person to third person thought all right i'll take a shot at that i did i had a dual narrative it's uh beginner's guide to Freefall is about a brother and a sister and some chapters are written from the perspective of the brother davis and some chapters are written from the perspective of the sister molly um i made uh, a woman one of the main characters so i had to write from the perspective of a woman um and so I, and I also did a lot of homework. Davis, yeah. um, one of the characters, designs roller coasters for a living. And I don't know anything about the physics of roller coasters. I don't know anything about the physics of anything. So I read up on it. I educated myself, um, you know, all in, the, all in the spirit and the drive to make it ring true. So um, So yeah, I did kind of learn. One thing that I learned about myself when I started writing books was that, um, you know, I, I wanted to do better each time and I wanted to make each book that I wrote different. I wanted to challenge myself, um, and do different things both from the storytelling perspective and from a technical perspective. So it's, I don't know if uh, that answers your question, but
0: it, yeah. No, it 100% does. And, and again, it reaffirms what we've covered up to this point as well. And, and and what I noticed really just about some of those overlaps between you know how you pursue uh, a career in law, and and the process that you took to to becoming a writer in the first place. Again, it's it's that desire that you have to create the challenge, and then almost reverse engineer and say, "Listen, how do I get there? Um, right. you know, what, what what does that process look like?"
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and right. Like I, um, you could always approach. You know, you could you could approach your life where like every day is more of the same. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, you like you can get in yourself in a groove and you can kind of ride that groove out. And that's a perfectly acceptable way to live your life. And it's mm-hmm. probably, um, you know, it's probably a a, a very happiness sustaining way to live mm-hmm. for, for a lot of people. And, um, you know, and I, and I think, but uh, when you're writing, when you're and and I think maybe this is this is true for um, you know, it's certainly true for athletes, right? Like sure. I remember my wrestling coach in high school saying, You're never getting you're never staying the same at when you're when you're playing a sport. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're never mm-hmm. staying the same. Um and I kind of that that was sort of in the back of my mind when I when I was writing. I sort of thought that if I if I there is no like writing this out i'm either going to if i keep doing the same thing then i'm getting worse because it's just it's going to show a lack of imagination it's going to show a lack of development um so uh so i so yeah so it's it became important to me to kind of push myself a little bit more each time that said you know when i started writing my third book darling at the campsite um you know, I learned that I can only push myself so far. So I, that Mm. book, yeah, that, that book started out as not as a murder mystery, but it started out being about a murder and anybody who's read it knows that it is not, it is, it ended up Mm. not being the furthest thing from that. Mm. And it ended, you know, it started when I first started writing it, I thought I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to write this book that it's going to be a little bit darker. Um, and So it was about these high school friends that uh, one of their friends that was was murdered. So their whole childhood was sort of defined by this this very violent thing that happened to their group. And the book felt dark. I felt dark writing it. Um, I didn't look forward to returning to it every day. So after many months of work, many months of work, I gave myself permission to abandon it, to completely change the book. Um, I gave the main character a record store and a love triangle and suddenly I was happy again. And so like there's um, it, on one level, I felt like I, you know, I, I let my I failed in the pursuit of of setting this challenge for myself, of writing something completely different, something that was darker in tone. Um, but by the same token, I knew that I could only push myself so far. Otherwise I was I was just gonna, you know, it was it was starting to it was starting to seep into me. It was like looking into the abyss until the abyss looks into you. And that <laughs> I know that sounds melodramatic and and my books aren't worth that kind of melodrama, but um uh it's how I felt. But <laughs> so this- I'm only I'm competitive only to a point, I guess is what I'm saying.
0: Well well you you're uh you have a heightened awareness of what you're uh, of the of the threshold of the limitations of your competitiveness and that in in my in my opinion, just knowing what I know about the, the world of, of, of many, many different worlds of being competitive, I would say that heightened awareness gives you, believe it or not, a competitive advantage. And I think that's <laughs> that's the irony of it, right? Is 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 yeah. that just, just by simply knowing like yourself, that. yeah, knowing <laughs> yourself as a competitor gives you a competitive advantage. And and so much of what you're talking about though, I really want to just go over some of this again because it's it's so important this this notion of learning your limitations is is massive but at the same time committing enough to a process in the first place to know that you've at least tried you've at least tested what those limitations are you you've ridden a few bumps and maybe you've ridden the same bump three four ten times over the course as, as as you did for for three four five months and finally after that length of time it was like listen this is a long enough period of time for me to have sustained right. enough impact i got to gotta get, out. I gotta get out <laughs> i got to get out i got to get out and and that's but and and that again it's that heightened awareness to it because there's two dire- there's there's another direction you could have gone there and said to heck with it i i this this whole writing process is going to be super uncomfortable but i'm going to still do the whole thing and just produce the book and it's going to be what it's going to be right but it sounds as though while you were also going through this process and struggling you were noticing a detachment from your authentic self as a rider too
1: well said yeah absolutely um and and i and i justified it and you are validating that right by, by saying what you just <laughs> said um by I, I justified it by by saying it's work enough right like mm-hmm. you need the competitive spirit just to finish yeah. um and so it doesn't matter what tone um it doesn't matter the tone of the book that you're writing it could be the lightest it could be you know some it could be you know you could be writing a romantic comedy (laughs) but um it's still you're still going to have dark days weeks even months as you struggle through to to produce the work Mm -hmm. you know it just doesn't it doesn't matter the tone um so on that level i knew that i was still i wasn't completely abandoning my competitive spirit and completely surrendering mm. i was just admitting to myself that that it was that living returning to this dark world every day to <laughs> write about it was not <laughs> was not what i'd hoped right. um and i just it wasn't you know i'm not cormac mccarthy so it just wasn't going to happen for me so yeah. um but but it's still but you're right like it's still recognizing those limitations does factor into the competitive calculus that is for sure mm-hmm. but there's also uh you know a high degree of competitiveness that is involved in in struggling through and finishing a novel regardless of of the subject regardless of the tone
0: 100 uh it's such good such good insight and, and and staying on this topic of the authentic self as we sort of come to the close here you know, I, i'm really curious the how much of the authentic self are you able to sort of bounce back and forth with between the world of law and then the writing space too? Do you find as though one world demands that you maybe give up more of your authentic self at times, or do you feel as though you're able to really just immerse almost
1: different parts of your authentic self at times? That's a really good question. I've never really thought of my, um, I've re- never really thought of like to what degree I'm being my authentic self in law. Hmm. Um, but I, I will say that I'm being more of my authentic self now than I've ever been professionally. I've never, I've never been happier. I've, i work for a terrific Berger Montague is a terrific firm.
0: Do you, Do you built- think, do you think pursuing your authentic self as a writer has helped with that?
1: I, you know, I, I wrote, but even I wrote for years, even before I, I, Before I I worked at Burger Montage, I worked Mm -hmm. at at, a a different place for a long time, and um, and and maybe that's why I wrote. Um, Mm. (laughs) uh, But now, you know, it's um, I do feel more. I do feel more me Mm. um, in my in my professional life, Mm. Um, and it might be because I just have um, I I respect and enjoy the people that I work with so much. Now, more so than I ever have. And I think that's um, you know, it's just easier it's easier to work hard when you're working with people who are number one, also working hard, but but um but also that you respect and admire and seem to um, you know, uh that sort of impress you in in the way that they approach the law and approach what they do. And it's strange to say this because you know with i started i started working at this firm like six weeks before COVID hit so i didn't see any of them for two years um you know like i i bear and now you know that the office is is like most places it's hybrid so i i don't see everybody every day um there are people that i that i haven't seen since the beginning of COVID for whatever reason and um but for some reason but i but i still you know like we're still connected on zoom still connected. i still talk to them all the time and and um and still like i feel very connected to this firm as um as a place that i i know that i've never had it better professionally and that um on some level that is sort of um i don't know self-affirming is might be the might be the expression it's just it makes you feel better about um, about what you're doing when you when you respect and appreciate everybody that you work with.
0: Yeah, yeah, what a what a wonderful sentiment to, to bring this to a close, because I think authenticity in the workplace has become a, a massively highly discussed Topic, um, in this day and age, and here we are talking about, yeah, totally. Um, you know, our common friend Mike Cohen at the front end of this, and so much of the work he does is 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 obviously about you know that HR engagement and and awareness and and heightened awareness. uh, Let's say to the, you know, being able to bring your best self to the workplace each and every day, and 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 that's where we're coming to here in, in closing. And I think there's so many incredible lessons here for for so many people in terms of whether or not they're pursuing. A career that they've been in for for twenty plus years, as you have been in the world of law, or whether or not they're just there's this itch that's been been there for a little while, and 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 they're considering maybe now is the time to go ahead and start scratching that thing and see see what's under the surface. And uh, I think in your story, there's some really awesome insight, just in terms of both of those particular phases and, and and situations within a person's career but before i let you go andy please let people know firstly you know where we can learn more about you but at the second time um about your books as well
1: um so i'm i'm working on another book slow and sure i was gonna like, ask you that i was gonna that yeah. was my only other question
0: i didn't get to it yeah. yes yeah, yeah. What, no it's, are you it, writing something right now
1: yeah it's slow and sure, but it's but it's it's slow getting there but um uh but yeah yeah it's it's you know it's become the kind of thing where it's always you know like i guess you get to a certain point when you when you're a writer or when you're doing anything creative where you're like this is just a part of me now and i'm just going to do it no matter no matter where it ends um but yeah my you know like I, i my books are are out in the world they're available on amazon you can you can find them there even some mean some bookstores if bookstores still exist they're you know you can you can happen upon them they're usually in the cheapies bin but you can you can find them um, but uh, yeah and the only other thing I would say is that um, when you're try especially when you're trying to balance two different worlds and for me it's not a for me it's 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 not really a balance you know I'm I'm a lawyer that's what I spend most of my time doing and then you just sort of find time for your creative pursuits on the side. But, um, again, like I was super lucky to, to grab on to somebody. I had a resource, this, you know, this professor, this, this author, David Small, who has just been so generous with, um, advice. And I just think like anybody out there who is considering doing something like this, find someone who has had some measure of success. Mm. I'm talking about knocking on Stephen King's door. But some somebody who's had some measure of success, um, because that and you know, and just sort of bring that person, bring that person into the fold, mm-hmm. and and you'll find that that person just you know, like somebody did that for them, so they're happy to do it for someone else and to pass it along and and to kind of pay it forward, um, and just knowing knowing that there's ha- having that that connection, someone who's been through it somebody who who kind of understands the you know the surges and the dives that go along with that um it's just it's uh it's critical
0: yeah again awesome insight and i i also want to and i know i was towards the end of my writing process when we got connected but i, I do want to thank you for being a an outlet for me just to share some of, of you know, uh, my, my initial PDF. Uh, you were already done, man.
1: you you had a finished product. <laughs> you were done. I I gave you nothing. Well, I'll be, I'll have.
0: be, I'll probably be coming back to you uh, at some point when I get yeah, to uh, the second book. For sure. Likewise,
1: likewise. <laughs> I, I need some, I need some more of these Steve insights. I think they, uh, yeah. everybody should be able to sit down and talk to you for an hour, like once a week. So it's very, yeah. it's very, it helps you reorder the world.
0: Well, I appreciate it, man, and and now I'm getting paid for that sort of thing. So, uh, so yeah, I appreciate the plug on my own podcast. That's good stuff.
1: Absolutely. absolutely well, Andy, yeah. listen,
0: man, you you know, what? we could talk for a long time, and I, I do appreciate this opportunity. It's a it's a Saturday morning for both of us, and we've been able yeah. to grab a, grab our coffee and and just have a nice chat. And it's, that's exactly what it's felt like. So, I appreciate the time, man. I really do, and I look forward to oh, yeah, continuing absolutely. to follow
1: your success moving forward too. I really appreciate it, and likewise. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: Hey, don't go anywhere. I've got my final thoughts coming up from our guest today. So please, take some time, give it a moment, take a drink. i got a couple more minutes I need to get out of you. Some final thoughts. Here we go. And what a fantastic conversation there with Andy. So glad to have had him on the show. And, you know, like I said a few times, the diversity of his two worlds, it really is... So interesting and fascinating to me, and I'm sure we could do multiple episodes of just continuing to go down that rabbit hole of contrast within his two worlds. But I want to focus on the similarities of what it takes to build a career and also pursue what most would refer to as a passion, even though many people are making careers out of said passions. I think it's really important for us to connect a couple of dots here, first and foremost. Understanding that it's going to be hard work, it's going to be hard work, and it's okay if it's hard work, as long to my second point, as long as it's remaining true to our best self. When it comes to things like our work ethic, we can identify with having a great work ethic that is true to ourself. If we are having to constantly push away who we are at our best or who our most authentic version of ourself is in order to work hard, then at some point. That hard work sadly just isn't worth it. And as you heard there from Andy, his ability to be able to detect if and when he's working hard, how is he doing it to serve who he is at his best in the process as well. So again, as I alluded to towards the end of the conversation, whether you are someone who's been in their career for multiple decades or you are someone who's just new to something or considering starting something new, There's some awesome insight here that can really open your perspective to pursuing and finding success on your terms, not having to do it a way that a book tells you to do or that a Google search tells you to do, but committing to hard work, committing to a process that is in some way reflective of who you are at your core as well. So again, Andy, appreciate the time. I encourage you all and it will be in the show notes to go check out all of Andy's books. I am not a fictional reader myself, but just speaking with Andy and getting to know him now, being a fan of his now, I'm going to make this a new year's commitment for me in 2023 is to read more fiction. I'll be starting with some of Andy's books for sure. But in the meantime, guys, listen, I appreciate you joining us on the show. If you're still listening to me right now, one, I appreciate you sticking around. Two, click a fifth star before you leave. be sure to share the show with someone as well and don't be afraid to reach out to me steve at careercompetitor.com. I'd love to hear from you even if you have no interest in using my services I would still love to hear from you hear what you think of the show and maybe you or someone that you know could be a great guest for the show heading into 2023 as well but best of luck with anything and everything you've got going on within your world and I look forward to doing this all again with you very soon bye for now